The Chattanooga Drive-In Show is presented by Quality Tire Pros on Cherokee Boulevard, the highest quality tires for all makes and models of vehicles, and the best service in town. Hey folks, welcome to the Work Week. Welcome to Monday, the Chattanooga Drive-In Show. Welcome to the Chattanooga Drive-In Show, the informative, entertaining, entertaining, informative, Chattacentric podcast that you can find on any platform for podcasts or at the ChattanoogaDriveInShow.com website, Monday through Friday at 5 a.m., air day, air day, we're doing it. And we're talking about all the burning issues of the day and some that are just kind of smoldering and some that have been just, I mean, dead cold ashes. But we'll talk about them anyway. <laughs> my name is Jeff Stiles with a Y. Russell Stroud over here to my left. News dude. Hi. Brian Stone. The, the legend in the local area and media, <laughs> legend, huh? radio, podcasting. Legendarily Jen, dour. Pimp, Pimp Jen is not here today. She is recovering from a birthday concert in Nashville. Uh, she she told us that she might not be here one day ago. Uh, yeah, and, uh, she let us know very timely. And then by the time I just challenged her on the fact, you're not going to be here at all, she pretty much fessed up. And we do have a guest coming in that she arranged, uh, Alex McVeigh, who is not just running for a Division Two Sessions Court. He's going to be the Division Two Sessions Court judge, and we'll be talking to him in just a little bit. But now's the time to, to text Jen if you would like to be a sponsor of any of the segments we have, go ahead and burn her phone right now. Yeah. It's 423-635-3557, 635-3557. Blow her phone up right now just to punish her for not being here. That's that's what I would like to see happen. I guarantee you, you'll hear like Kenny G in the background at this concert. Just, oh! <laughs> Uh, congratulations to UTC's Cole Strange. I know that this is, you know, a Monday and, and, and the, the big draft in Vegas happened on Thursday night, but we're reacting in kind of real time here, who uh, was drafted 29th round, going to the Patriots, and Cole was, of course, a sixth-year senior at UTC for the mocks, but he's a hell of a player, and so I'm just proud as I can be for him. Wait, how old is he, like 30? Uh, <clears throat> no, he's not that old, but he's 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 in his. That's mid-20s. a long time to play. I mean, that, he yeah. must have got a COVID year out of that. Dave will have more on it here in a few. But yeah, yeah uh, Patriots took him 29th overall. The wow. very first pick of the night, and it was a huge extravaganza. As we told you on Friday, it would be George's Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars, the Schmooth Jaguars. Uh, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence needed a receiver to throw to. I would not be surprised if they didn't do some wheeling and dealing with Trayvon and end up, you know, trading for three receivers. But good God, he's a monster. You know, when he went to the combine, I mean, so Georgia wins and just smothers Alabama in the national championship. Heck you, yeah. you can't stop this guy. He's six one, two hundred and seventy two pounds. Whoa. He runs a forty and four point five one. That's wide receiver speed. That's insane. It, it is absolutely insane. His vertical leap is 35 and a half inches. Wow. He's athletic beyond imagination and just a humble, nice guy. He could play any sport he wants with those stats. Going to the Jaguars. And it was definitely a defensive night. The second pick was also a uh, you know defensive end and from Michigan, and he's going to stay in Michigan. He's going to the Lions, Aiden Hutchison. And it was just a it was an, a hell of a thing to, to to watch. I said I would be watching it and and did. I don't think I've ever actually watched a TV show about you know um, drafting in my life, but I just couldn't help but find this one. It was just intriguing. I mean, Vegas threw everything into it and at it, and it was uh, like I said, a spectacle. 
But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let Dave take over sports here in just a second. Uh, thank you to Quality Tire Pros on Cherokee for being our presenting sponsor. And I do have one small correction I need to make. I said the other day that I'd seen the Herschel Walker. It's not really a correction. It's an addition. Mm. Uh, the first Herschel Walker ad as he's running against Raphael Warnock for the Georgia Senate, of yep. course, U.S. Senate in the state of Georgia. And he is currently being outraised, strangely enough, oddly enough, by Raphael Warnock. Oh, that's not but, surprising at all. But his spot was, was I said it was kind of plain. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was nothing wrong with it. But I said, when you've got all the baggage that he's got, he's going to have to run a real flamboyant campaign. He's not a flamboyant guy. The spot has been added to and adjusted, and they actually deal right up front in this you know, TV commercial with his own mental health issues. They don't say uh. it out loud, but they said when it comes to mental health, Herschel has been talking about his own story for years now. Okay. So they addressed it. That's a good way to get in front smart. of it. Which was smart. So he's got yeah. smart people around him. And I think Brian is right. He runs, he wins in Georgia. I, I, that's, that's, you don't have to say anything else. You don't have to say endorsed by Trump. You don't have to say conservative. You just say Herschel. Bulldogs are a very, very hot uh property right yeah. now especially after you know National how good they are yeah. yeah i mean and even if they weren't it would still be and you know could, leaning his could, way could be again you know could be again but yeah. i just i just wanted to point that out i thought that was extremely wise on somebody's part it may have been at, at his behest i don't know let's you know go ahead and get all the skeletons out of the closet the funding issue doesn't surprise me at all because think about how uh the funding for stacy abrams was right when she was running, oh yeah yeah and how you had you know billions not billions but millions of dollars coming in from california and new york for uh, you know the governor of Georgia, it was a very sure. weird race. Um, all right, we'll go ahead and get started. We always do with uh, Russell Stroud here, and he's got some headlines for you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Sheriff Hammond held a press conference on Thursday where he did acknowledge some of the issues at Silverdale. He said it's true the facility is dangerous, but also that it houses some of the worst of the worst in Hamilton County. Sheriff said that they're working on a $20 million jail annex to help to alleviate pressure. He said that they do have staffing issues. They're about 70 officers short. He said he was disappointed to learn that D.A. Pinkston had not toured the facility himself before making the recent comments asking for the DOJ to look into jail conditions. Nevertheless, he said he will allow the DOJ to investigate. And also, he added at the very end of that press conference, he will have the DOJ investigate that traffic stop that occurred in Collegedale, saying he felt that the DA asking the sheriff's office not to investigate that and instead have the state do it was a slap in the face. A request for a new trial for Janet Hines was denied by Judge Don Poole on Thursday evening. Ms. Hines was convicted of killing Officer Nicholas Gallinger in a drunken hit-and-run crash back in 2019. Her attorney argued that 11 years behind bars was too much time for a first-time offender who was remorseful, but Judge Poole wasn't hearing it. He denied a new trial and said the sentencing was appropriate for the crime. The body, which was found in Possum Creek in Saudi Daisy, was identified as belonging to a 20-year-old Christian Nehemiah McClure. Hamilton County Medical Examiner confirmed that earlier last week the cause and manner of death at this time of recording have still not been released, though they could be very shortly. And finally, two missing kids we told you about last week have been mm -hmm. found safe. Yay! The two kids from Murray County were reported missing. They walked away from home. They were a boy and girl aged 13 and 11. They were siblings. They were found camping about three miles away, and they returned home. They're A-OK. -okay. Everything is all right. And now from the annex, it's Dave Hooker. We promise it's coming right <laughs> about 
now. now. What an opportunity hey. he made for himself. Dave Hooker off the hook sports. Cole Strange, UTC offensive lineman. The mock goes to the Patriots at number 29 in the first round of the NFL draft that wrapped up over the weekend. And why is that so special? Well, he goes to a coach that knows how to win. You may have heard about Bill Belichick. He's had quite a bit of success, of course, with the Patriots. And uh, he wants to mount another run post Tom Brady. So he thinks Cole Strange is that type of guy. Of course, Cole was fantastic with the mocks, but the pick was a bit of a surprise into the first round to the point that cameras actually caught the Rams kind of poking fun at the pick, saying they thought he would be there at 101. All of that doesn't matter because now Cole's able to look at this and say, I go from UTC to playing for the Patriots and the greatest or at least most successful coach of all time. What an incredible opportunity for him. What an incredible opportunity to learn and grow. And what an incredible pick by Bill Belichick. It's nice to have that sort of guts and that sort of conviction in your evaluation process and not be second-guessed or not care that you're second-guessed. So congratulations to Cole as the NFL draft wraps up. What a weekend, but that was certainly a fantastic start. We'll see how he fares up in New England. Dave Hooker off the hook sports. It was heavily defensive. Defense was definitely the word of the day. Not one single quarterback in the top ten. Usually quarterbacks suck all the air out of the room, and uh, it was just interesting to watch. Brian, I have a question. I, I, I have to admit, again, casual sports fan, Sometimes, you know, I am asked questions. I have no fear of asking them again, you know, if they if they seem silly and guys are supposed to know this sort of thing, but I don't. Rebecca asked me. She got sucked into it, too. She literally was truly interested in watching this process. The first year contract, they get drafted. They can say no and just not play and quit. Yeah, well, but, but we're how, not going to do that. <laughs> how, do they, how do they negotiate their actual terms after they've been drafted, the I, I don't know the answer is, to that. Is your first year just a, a set? Here, here's what you get. I don't know the, the answer to that exactly, but they're based on precedents of of past years, and it's not like it used to be where it goes up guaranteed. It's there is kind of like a a ceiling of sorts. Sure. If you're a first round pick, you get uh, it's a four year contract with a with the team option of a fifth year. If you're second and beyond, it's a four-year deal, and that's all. So that's a big that that that's a a big decision to make if you're going to take somebody first or second because five years, four years. It sounds like oh, only one more year. It's a four-year. Eh, it's a pretty. It's a pretty big deal. In, in, in pro football, that's that's a half a career. Because if you make it that far to that fourth or fifth year, you're you're likely going to renegotiate for a longer deal after that. But you're that. not going to be making those crazy bucks until then. You're still making if you're top if you're a first round pick you're still you know you're you're gonna do okay you're doing seven to to eleven twelve million dollars a year probably I, I'm making this up because I don't know the numbers it's it's not eye popping but it's it is a more structured deal than it like it used to be yeah you know twenty years ago Mike Vick or whoever was the number one pick got twenty million dollars just immediately just because that's last so, year they got nineteen so, they, so the next they, year you get twenty two and they then, they want to feather their nest they don't they don't want to waste their first round pick but. I, I just I, I couldn't answer the question. I told her I said they can't have any real negotiating power coming out of this process. Not much, no. But it's set to be a very it's a very healthy number. But the, the difference of first and second round in that 
that fifth year guaranteed or sure. not is is a big deal uh, again i can't speak to okay. it that well, well but it's, somebody will somebody will get in touch with us and tell us how wrong we are uh you can do that at 301-9229 and and tell us how wrong we are or, or how much you enjoy the show or anything else and we will get to your comments at some point now i'll go ahead and, and do my gin imitation Russell, you stole all my stuff. You stole all my story. <laughs> um, you know, you, of course, I knew you would be covering them, but I just jotted them down anyway. Uh, we will come back to Sheriff Hammond. In that I story. see it as a mark of accomplishment yeah. when I do a story and I see you cross one off <laughs> yeah, on exactly, your paper. Exactly. I could do there about three right now. Uh, all right, Rockets hit Kiev uh, yesterday and <laughs> yeah. hit, hit him hard. A former, and I know we all agree and we understand this to be true there are no former marines but he's not an active marine in the u.s marines right now being paid um you know to to do his service he was a mercenary was killed in ukraine Mm -hmm. uh on thursday and i think that's the second verified death that we've had i think that's right yeah they've been the the ukrainians have been a little bit coy and understandably so about the death numbers when it comes to the foreign legions especially just because you don't want to discourage people from joining now i'm going to my second my, my second little upfront wrap up oh by the way the upfront wrap up is brought to you by cadis hmm. you know we had that wonderful guest in here uh mckenzie uh, on 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 friday and she was representing Cadis, and that was a very interesting interview. And then we've got, uh, you know, Alex coming in today with the drug court. So this is really a good time for them to get their message across. 57 years they've been doing what they do, counseling people and helping them get away from alcohol and drug abuse. And they have a continuum of full care, medical detox, inpatient, outpatient. They got it all. And to just, just make the call, check out the website, and get some help. The second uh, upfront wrap-up story here as very incomplete all i know is that it was a cleveland middle school teacher we have talked about it in the past was in court for videotaping 30 girls in the locker room a middle school i don't have his name in front of me i i I jotted it down and i thought i would find it before i i I started doing the show today and i apologize for that but he what possible defense do you have for this he now, if I recall correctly, this is the guy who said he did it because he was worried about bullying or something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We're talking about the guy. The in, cameras were positioned for upskirt purposes, right? Yes. Uh, he maybe uh, he was worried about below the waist bullying. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's there's there's no rational defense for it that anyone's actually going to believe that this uh, guy you know if he goes before a jury i can't imagine they're going to buy any story he's you, got you mentioned no new trial for janet hines janet yeah. you did the crime do the time well uh, she doesn't seem to be opposed to doing the time her yeah. lawyers are just doing oh, their job i was going to say well you see the same thing happening of course with uh, you know derek chauvin yeah that <laughs> does he truly deserve an appeal does he think he's going to win an appeal no uh, <laughs> but i mean these things sometimes they're automatic you don't mm-hmm. you know you don't have any say We'll come back to that again later, the legal process and how it works sometimes without your permission mm-hmm. on your behalf, supposedly. And it makes you look pretty bad sometimes. Yeah, it does. Um, VW is going to basically build the second VW plant here in town. Oh, okay. So this is a this is a funny story because yeah. this is I'm, – I'm not saying it's not true. It's in Manager Magazine. Take the E off because it's right. Germany, a German magazine for, for business. Right. It's just weird, the reporting on this, because I yeah. first saw it from Channel 9 on their website. Website. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I looked at where they got it from because I wanted to talk about it too. And yeah. I saw, it's like, wait, you're getting this from like the German equivalent of Motor Trend. I'm yes, like, you I don't are. Know if that's... That's, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Or, yeah. or, or Business Weekly or something sure. like that. 
but they're saying that the ID Buzz, the Volkswagen ID dot Buzz, get it's the all dot futuristic, in there, yeah. is it, <laughs> and it's an electric version of the classic hippie van, mm-hmm. the micro van, the micro bus. Yep, hippies in a micro bus. I mean, what 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 says hippie more than the VW micro bus, especially the kind that had the pop up camper roof. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. with all the daisies painted on it and love and all the rest of this stuff. Imagine if they could have actually made them electric back in the day. I don't know how we would have charged them, but uh, good for us if that is indeed the case and it looks like it is. It could have been done, but it would be so heavy that it would never go anywhere yeah, except Yeah, the batteries downhill. would have been massive. <laughs> yeah, they'd be uh, those lead-acid batteries. Back to Ukraine for just a second. Another $33 billion being asked for mm-hmm. by President Biden. Now, that would be enough to last them supposedly, supposedly, five months. This is not just military aid. This is humanitarian aid. This is all kinds of stuff. $33 billion. We think that would actually supply their efforts for five months. This is just on our money alone. Yeah, so does that mean in five months we're going to be giving another $33 million? Well, the last money we gave, a package of $13.6 billion, was gone in one month. Right. Now, maybe that first month gobbled it up because, you know, it went into howitzer shells more than anything else. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't... I don't see Congress fighting him on this. No, I, as far as I've tremendous seen, amount of money. As far as I've seen, every uh, every funding bill that's gone through has been unanimous, with the exception of the, the usual suspects. Um, okay, Oklahoma has now passed. It, it's it's a race to see who can pass the most harsh abortion bill. And I say harsh if if it, you know against a woman who would like to to have an abortion, who's seeking an abortion, and a doctor who might provide it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heartbeat bill was passed and uh, late last week. And essentially, by the time a woman simply thinks she's pregnant, if she's missed her period and has gone two weeks late, if she goes in, they're probably going to be able to find a fetal heartbeat. And uh, I, everybody's got their own opinions on this. Sure, it it does for all practical purposes outlaw abortion in the state of Oklahoma. So yeah, the only they thing, win so far. Yeah, the only thing that it uh, it doesn't cover would be things like uh, the the morning after pill and that kind of thing, which usually don't even count as abortion, depending on whom you ask. So you know, it's it's all kind of up in the air. Um, all right, a little softer uh, issue here. Thank just, goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say we'll get away from that for a second. Laura Ingram sends out an Instagram statement. She has an Instagram. I'm surprised she's savvy enough. Blasts the um, president's desire to forgive student loan. A very legitimate question to ask, and that's going to come up in editorial time. But she basically, while she's blasting the president, saying, you know, these these people are going to be suddenly, we're turning them into freeloaders, we're giving them a free pass. And then she drops the bomb in her Instagram post that her mother worked until she was 73 as a waitress paying off her college student debt. She actually said our student debt. She's talking about her her siblings Mm -hmm. as well. She has been in the media, highly recognized, making big money for about 35 years now. Yep. Since she has become a household name with Fox, she is knocking down a huge salary. She could have wiped out that student debt with one-tenth of one paycheck from one year. Easily. And she allowed her mother to work as a waitress until she was 73. Now, yeah. I don't know the, the inner complications of her family, but I wouldn't have said all that. 
I, I would and not. And she have, is getting dragged. I so far don't believe this story. She is dragged through the mud. Who was giving out student loans in 1971 or whenever her I mom would have gotten student loans? That's sort of the other question I had is like, this would have been probably the late 70s. I think Laura Ingram's about the same age. I'm making up a year. It cost my mom actually. Let me, I'll tell the story very quickly. Sure. My mom, a bank president dismissed her janitorial staff who came in and cleaned on the weekends and took the job herself and took that small stipend salary to pay for my tuition. I paid for all room, board, books, and everything else that came to college. Uh, I think our total expenditure for me to go to college for four years was right about $5,000. There was no student well, yeah, You could get a loan for anything and just yes. call it a student loan if you'd like, but yeah. we're talking yeah. about the traditional loans that are Through federally college, yes. federally insured by the government yes. that that's what we what I consider a student loan and, yeah. and they if you been, took out 5 grand to go to school in 1965 well that's just a loan you took out and to do whatever you wanted and they've always been unforgivable yeah. student loans will chase you down and when you're 50 oh you can't oh, bankrupt yes. them yeah yeah and and uh, you just can't and if can't you die the government will pay it off for you and and but that's just a uh, Lots of questions, but I've just, again, let me say, I wouldn't have said all that. No, I wouldn't have said all that, that but I also, you know, I'll, I'll be a little bit selfish here. I don't have any student loans because I didn't go to college. Now, yeah. you can make a lot of arguments about what a terrible decision that was on my part. Not really. I'm not going to make that argument. <laughs> make that argument at all. I'm sure someone could. Um, but uh, my significant other uh, does have a significant amount of student loan debt, and she's going to you know, go be a teacher, and it's not like... Good luck not with make that. a lot of money. Good exactly. Exactly, and it's yeah. not like between the two of us we're ever destined to be billionaires here. So student loan forgiveness, that don't sound so bad to me. I'll take it. All right, Governor Kemp down in Georgia signs education bill. He signs the no transgenders in sports bill. Yeah. He signs a retired teacher bill mm -hmm. that basically lets teachers come out of retirement and teach full-time and get paid again. Yep. Um, and the education bill, I can tell you right now, I could read the actual quotation from him he, as he reads it off the bill itself. It is written for, by, and exclusively to the, um, you know, positive side of, of whites, of white people. The wording in it is, you True. know, not just divisive concepts. It's we will not teach that America is institutionally racist or that anybody of any race should feel guilty about the sins of their past ancestors. Okay. It's all for white folks. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the retirement bill. I was like, how no, in the world? No, 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 <laughs> that, that education okay. bill. Okay. Uh, and he, he went on a signing tour in what would be kind of considered Purdue country. And keep in mind, mm -hmm. the former Senator Purdue is running against him for the governor's spot, and he has Trump's endorsement, but he's not running a very good race. Even though Purdue and and uh, and, and Kemp, quite honestly, have basically identical Exactly politics. the same thing, They're of the course. Same but guy. We, all know, we all know Kemp, you know, what, what he did. He stood up and actually had some balls. Uh, and 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 defied Trump to you know just walk in and just find me eleven thousand votes, well, son of a bitch. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, Kemp did his job as he should yeah. have as governor, and he got a bunch and of he, flack he's, for, he's for it. But he he's beginning to rack up a little bit more endorsements. But south of Macon is considered Purdue country. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, 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 during this yeah, the closer tour, you get to Florida. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> North Florida again. Keep in mind, Florida, the southernmost Yankee state, but the northern part of it is as redneck as anywhere on the planet. We are uh, uh, yeah up in. Up in MTG County, <laughs> yeah. Tax cuts, uh, a job factory with 800 jobs, so he's doing what he can. U.S. economy contracted 1.4 percent last quarter, despite 
dropping unemployment. Mm -hmm. As we know, everybody, if you want to work, you can find a job. Yep. Now, they yesterday, uh, I, I saw an interview with somebody with the Labor Department. They said, if you're looking for a second job, you can find one. A different approach admitting the fact that most people can't get by on one salary anymore. The middle yeah. you know, the middle class in America has to work two jobs. Uh, every individual like, has yeah. to work two jobs to get by. If you're looking for a second job, you can find one. They've just bypassed the whole get off the couch and go find a job thing. If you count like all the side gigs I'm doing where you know I get like five bucks here and a hundred bucks there, I'm doing like eight jobs right now. Sure. But I don't, I mean, it's not a big deal because it's all people I know, so I don't really complain. I've about never it. had only one job. No, yeah. I, I, I I, I have. I mean, when times were bad, I only had one job. I, have, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, literally in college and immediately out of college, I had one job, and I was starving the entire time. Once I started, you know, in the world of, of, of radio professionally up here, I always had a second gig in advertising. I DJed. I did whatever I had to do. Mm -hmm. um, the FDA is pushing a ban on all menthol cigarettes, cigars, tobacco products. Bastards. Uh, saying that it um, unabashedly goes after the youth market and particularly minorities. Why I, Why an African-American would want to smoke menthol more than a Caucasian, I don't know. I don't know, but it is. But it, the, the numbers back it up. It is it is true, and you know it's just a cultural thing, you know, whatever. Well, malt liquor and beer, I, I you know the, the same alcohol content. Sure, I mean I we know. just have different cultural tastes, and that's absolutely fine. Hopefully that wasn't. Well, this was a headline a year and a half ago, right after Biden uh, took over, that yeah. was uh, going to ban menthol cigarettes. It's the yeah. dumbest yeah. thing ever. It, it, it the FDA's had a few other things on its plate. It is the dumbest thing ever. It's like when they when they banned flavored vapes, but only for jewel pods. And it's like, well, what yeah, the hell? What about the other companies? Yeah, yeah. they're hanging themselves. They Sixteen. States and the UAW are suing the United States Postal Service. What? Over Wait, check, yeah, it, check it out. Their United Auto Workers. Their purchase of 140,000 new trucks. Okay. Which they say are highly fuel inefficient. Oh. So the well, Postal Service makes a bad purchase. Why does UAW care? And but UAW and 16 states jump on the green bandwagon and say. It's it's fuel inefficient. We yeah. can't go down that road. Think of a political map, and everyone that's blue. Yeah. Those are the states uh, that are okay. that are suing yep. for this. That's that's a good point. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I have always wondered. Sorry to no, go off the rails no, here, but I have always wondered, especially in the 21st century. You know, the the, the postal service back in I think the 70s or 80s, they put together that plan where they wanted the little boxy trucks that we all see now. Right, we're used to the the high efficiency vehicles that they've used. I can't remember what they're called. The uh, LLVs, long life vehicles. The boxy white trucks, you know? Yeah. And I always wondered, you know, going into the 21st century, how come they haven't shifted over to electric LLVs, basically? Like, wouldn't that be a nice move? But for some reason, I guess that's not in the cards. Okay. The two siblings found in Murray County, you mentioned. Yep. Uh, we all know that the, now in the state of Tennessee, a panel of appointed cronies <laughs> are going to be able to completely veto and remove any book in your kid's library without any notification or, or, or asking anybody else's permission. And these are people who don't necessarily have any experience, any education. They were appointed because they have the same political leanings as the people that appointed them, the GOP in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, and it's a dangerous precedent because what about when it's not the GOP that's in charge and now you've got you you know, go. the other side of the spectrum? So here, here comes my two moms. <laughs> uh, right back in again, and uh, we'll damn. Now we got to read everybody poops in school. Uh, and twenty-nine to nothing, the vote in the state senate on the House bill that allows Erlanger to go private 
It's done. It goes to the governor. Mm -hmm. No reason to think the governor would not sign it. So Erlanger will be more than likely going private in the very, 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 you know, foreseeable future, very near future. Yeah. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a little break here from the upfront wrap up. We're done with that. And before we continue down our normal path, we're going to go ahead and get Alex McVeigh in here. And like I said, he is running unopposed for the Sessions Court Judgeship in Division Two, And as he comes in, we, we once we hit the record button, y'all, we never stop. Nope. So, like I said, if there's jostling or lights flicker or, you know, audio gets, uh, you know, messed up, you're just going to have to deal with it because we might as well just say we're doing it actually live in real time. Yeah, it's I live radio. Go ahead right and up. tell you uh, that uh, all among the platforms I mentioned earlier, for the podcast on Friday, I asked everybody what would be the, the best and easiest way to tell somebody how to find, you know, the Chattanooga Drive-In Show. And I think it broke down to Spotify, Facebook, mm -hmm. or just go to the website. Yep. But you can find it also. Apple, Radiocast, yep. Google, Google Podcast, Stitcher. Yeah. Breaker, Anchor, which is the one that I usually go to if I'm if I'm going to listen, Castbox, Overcast, Podcast, Radio Public, wherever you go, and we certainly would love to have you continue to listen and spread the word and like it, love it, do whatever you want to do with it, but just uh, you know, we just need this gig. Chattanooga <laughs> Drive-In Chart. Alex McVeigh is, is sitting here next to me in Jen's normal spot, so it is not as aesthetically pleasing <laughs> it normally would be. Uh, but Alex is, is going to be, he's going to be the Division Two Sessions Court judge. He's running unopposed, as I just said, and welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Glad to have you here. All right, take a second. Uh, tell everybody, I have I have been derisive in the past about <laughs> Sessions Court, uh, basically because of my experience with one judge. And I've said it's, it's kind of bus stop justice. And I guess you could actually say that. And it not really be an insult uh, because it is your first stop it, in it the is, process. It is. It's kind of the, the triage, the ER of the, the justice system. I and mean, we, we hear over 60,000 criminal and civil cases. So in, unlike some of your, your other courts that sure. might handle specific subject matter, we handle the gambit. Everything, so everything comes through. Everything's on the civil side. Anything, if you have a dispute, whether it's a contract dispute, a, a fender bender, a, uh, some other sort of tort, uh, anything with damages up to $25,000 can come to General Sessions Court. So the, the, the People's Court, the Judge Judy Court that you see on TV, that yeah. is our version of, of the People's Court here in Tennessee, General Sessions Court. And I mean, and, and, and it's so, so anybody who has court experience whether they wanted it or not, has probably gone, cycled through that uh, that particular courtroom at one point or the other. Exactly. So eviction court. It's an interface. Um, it's, it's, it is, it, we, we see a lot of folks uh, every year. And on the criminal side, uh, we have jurisdiction to, to handle all misdemeanors. Uh, but we also hear the, the felonies. So we, we set yeah. uh, bail you, conditions, bond conditions. We, we, we have the pre preliminary hearings for all felony cases. So so we, we see a little bit of everything in General Sessions. Does it, do you turn things over to the grand jury or does the grand jury come to you with so, so we will. There, there, there's a couple different ways that the state could take can can proceed on a case, but the most common is is it starts with us. So we will hear uh, the what we call a preliminary hearing and decide if there is enough probable cause, enough proof out there to send the case on to the grand jury. And then the grand jury, again, our system has a lot of checks and balances. Another another check is that grand jury uh, kind of as a check on us. Uh, again, <laughs> reviewing the evidence, sure. deciding if there's enough to send it on. Because, you know, if, if you're on trial for a particular felony, you, you could be waiting for, particularly during the pandemic, for you know, up to one, two years. Yeah, that was an and, issue. And, and so you, you really want uh, there to be some eyes on the proof to make sure that somebody uh, is, is having their day in court and having their voice heard if, if they're going to be sitting there for two years if you trial. weren't if you weren't already feeling special today let me go ahead and pump you up a little bit you are the the final political contestant 
that we have uh, on this particular podcast for this election cycle because by the time, you know, folks are hearing your voice right now, tomorrow's election day. Mm-hmm. And it's always been my rule to not talk about or have any guests in. You know, we, we could actually, I guess, jabber about it if we wanted to on election <laughs> day, but but no, 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 uh, you know, candidates in. So congrats. Well, I certainly appreciate it. And, well, and no uh, something other a little bit unique is, is um, I actually won't be on the ballot uh, on Tuesday. Uh, we are the only nonpartisan court. Uh, in our jurisdiction, which doesn't make any sense to me, they should all be nonpartisan, in my opinion. I, I don't know any, judges, right? I don't know <laughs> anybody who really disagrees with that. I, the fact that we run partisan, you know, races for judges doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. Can you imagine and, going to this damn Democrat judge? Yeah, yeah exactly. I've got yeah, this liberal yeah. Democrat I, in front of me. I, I, I'll keep my personal view aside. Again, it's a political question, sure. and I pride myself on on not being political as a judge. I think. Um, you know, we're actually prevented by our Supreme Court from putting a, a Biden or a Trump sign in our yard, and, mm-hmm. and rightfully really? so. Really, wow. uh, we we are prohibited from engaging uh, in any non-judicial po- you know politics. So I, I can't have a I can't go to a Neil Pinkston or a Cody Womp event and put one of their stickers on my shirt. So you, do, I mean, do, so, do you ever bristle about free speech issues on it, that? It it but 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 again, it's it's the it, you as a litigant coming into this court. I believe it's it's vitally important, regardless of your political persuasion, your your socioeconomic class, race, gender, that when you go into a courtroom, that man in the black robe or woman in the black robe, they are going to see you listen to the facts and interpret the law as it's written. Uh, they are not going to, to, to inject any of their own personal or political beliefs. So again, I think it's very important uh, if, if, if you knew your judge had a certain political sign in his front yard or her front yard, then you might you might believe there could be some bias. And so again, I actually yeah, appreciate... I would, I would use that as leverage. I, 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 I know I would. I, I, I certainly appreciate those judicial canons. Uh, we are allowed to, to get involved in, in judicial races. I mean, it, you know, obviously, um, but 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 for, for politics, we, we stay out of it. I think well, it's a good thing here in Tennessee. Well, we all right, let me ask you, I'd blow your own horn here a little bit. Uh, the fact that you're running unopposed, do you take that as a vote of uh, complete confidence uh, 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 You know, from the people that have worked with you and around you? Well, uh, and I'll just say a little bit of, about myself. I was actually appointed five years ago by Governor Bill Haslam. I was supposed to be a temporary fill-in judge. Uh, judge Bales w- took medical leave, uh, and, I, I, and I was, well. I, I was going to come in and, and, you know, my law firm, my previous law firm, Chambliss Bonner and so forth, they were happy to see me go get the good PR in the newspaper. Uh, but, I like Judge Bales, too. <laughs> but it ended up being a um, – Judge Bales, luckily, is still with us. He, he's, he's doing well, yeah. but never never regained the strength after his no. cancer treatment to get back on the bench. So, so a couple months turned into five years, and at the time – I was actually the youngest judge uh, in the state. I believe I still yeah. am the youngest judge in Tennessee. How Probably old are you? Be, I uh, I just turned 36. So God, I, um, you are I I believe wow. I will I will lose that record after this election season I am I am sure. But uh, when when I came on uh, it's been 5 years now. I immediately, you know, kind of being the young guy, um, I, I certainly, you know, learned from my colleagues and tried to put my head down and work hard, be the first one in, last one to leave. Uh, so I, I took that attitude to, to this to this job, and, well, and I think it, it's paid off. I think I've, I, if you can imagine walking into that court uh, room at, at 31 years old, I was kind of treated a little bit like a leper at first. I <laughs> guarantee, you can I, imagine. I, I, started, I started doing, you know, talk radio at 32 actually 31, right before I, I, I became 32, I still look back to that time now and think, my God, I was a babe, a babe in the woods. I felt like a grown man, but I realize now I didn't really know no, who I, I was. I agree. I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so, so what, I, what I did is I was never, um, 
I, I, I knew that I um, had a lot to learn, and so I always asked. Judge uh, Clarence Shattuck was, was, was a mentor early on. I asked him questions. I took recesses, stepped off the bench. No, I my, a lot of respect. I, 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 I researched everything. I researched the law. I have a history uh, working in Nashville for the legislature, so I have a history uh, you know, interpreting and helping write some of the legislation in the state. And so I, I took... Um, I took my time uh, on every decision. I, I tried to treat every person that, that came before my court with respect and dignity and, and also take every, I mean, this is the most important day for, for, for many people that, that might ever have in their whole life. They, oh, they, yes. they come to court, and oh, whether, yes. whether we have 60,000 cases or not, it's always good to remember that for this particular defendant, this particular Lives victim, are ruined or recovered this, on that day. This, 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 and, 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 and so I, I, I try to remember that every day, even when we are inundated with, with thousands of cases, but because it's, it's, it's very important work that we do, um, particularly when it comes to the, the, I know we might talk a little bit about the, the, the recovery. No, arena, we're going to go there right but, now. But, but again, I, I just think it's, uh, I, so, so to answer your question, that, that was my, um, that was my goal every day I came to work. I, I treated it as the most important job. And so I think, uh, hopefully, uh, the folks that appear before me have appreciated uh, my work ethic and, okay. and, and are happy so you, to have me for eight more years. <laughs> you, you've got it. You've got a lock in an in, in eight-year term. So that's that's we we don't have to go any further into the politics. I'm going to mention the the fact that right now that you and Judge Greenholtz uh, started the Drug Recovery Court, and you just told me something out there in the in the the, the green room. Uh, the, the least, the least giant green, concrete room, <laughs> the least green green room we've ever seen. Um, that is almost uh, incomprehensible. The folks that have gone through your recovery court, you have a zero percent recidivism rate. Is that that's true? The the we we started our court uh, four years ago. Uh, initially from a federal grant, but also the county uh, commission and the state pitch in as well. So every every area of government is invested in this program. We started it four years ago. We've had quite a few graduating classes um, during the pandemic. Obviously, our numbers were down a little bit, uh, but but everybody that has graduated from uh, at least my program so far, no one has has reoffended to our knowledge. Uh, in, that in, in is these, just that's just that's remarkable. astounding, remarkable, absolutely remarkable, considering. The relapse rate when you're dealing with drug abuse sure. and drug addicts, I mean, that's just absolutely and, astounding. And, and I do think it's a it's a it's a different mindset. It's it's certainly a different sort of court. It's a trauma informed court. It's a it's an evidence based court. And so you mentioned relapse. Relapse is actually part of recovery. Sure. And a lot of folks don't don't realize that particularly early on. And and our individuals, we we are not. The, the folks that are in, in my court um, are not these people that could just potentially go to, to, to rehab and, and be fine. These folks have gone to rehab many, many times. They have, they have rap sheets longer than you can imagine. So these are the most high-risk, high-need individuals, and we are still able to work with them for two years and help transform their lives. They, they, they are transforming their lives, but I'm just, I'm just so thankful to be a part of that process because it, it's truly remarkable how, how far these folks come. Cadis is one of our sponsors here, and uh, I will say, yeah, you, you, are, you are correct. The very, very few people uh, in either, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or, or Narcotics Anonymous, you know, are one chip wonders. We, we call somebody who gets their white chip, their white chip of surrender saying, I want to try to get right and never relapse. They are few and far between, trust me. But relapse doesn't mean that you necessarily go out and commit crimes again. I mean, so they may, they may relapse again, but struggle through it, but they don't go out to steal something to 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 basically bolster their habit exactly and and again our, our program we 
We are only four years old, but Judge Greenholtz's uh, felony program, we've actually been around for close to 18 years. And so we have served countless individuals. And again, on the felony level, the worst of the worst offenders, the most high risk, the most high need uh, for intervention and the most high risk of reoffending. So those high risk, high need folks, uh, we are working in this program. Same thing with mental health court is another treatment court. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've heard of veterans court. We are attempting to, to start a veterans court track. And as, all these well. things overlap, by the way. Uh, very often, I'm sure that if you had it, you know, the old concentric circles here, you know, they, they overlap exactly. like they do in the, the algebra books. Oh, and the Venn diagram. Books. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But particularly with our veterans, a lot of them suffering from mental health and substance use issues. And mm-hmm. so, but 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 the, the basic outline of, of this program, it's, it's a very non-traditional court model. It's a non-adversarial serial team model. So we actually get together uh, for an hour before the docket and everyone from the prosecutor's office, the defense attorneys, probation, treatment providers, the judge, case managers, probation officers, we all get together and decide what is the best kind of treatment and case management plan for this individual. Certainly there are sanctions and incentives, but we work very closely in a non-adversarial kind of team model to see these individuals progress and strict supervision, drug testing every day, GPS monitoring, requiring employment almost immediately when they get out of custody, requiring continuing education. So it's not an easy program. It's not no. this t- touchy-feely, you know, uh, program <laughs> that some folks might might try to label it. It's a Hugs, very, not very, drugs. It's a very very <laughs> tough program. Yeah, so these individuals who are who are phasing up and graduating, they are they are busting their rears and and doing some some great work. At, at risk of sounding a little bit repetitive, but again, the the weekend has passed since the show was on where we had the young lady and we were talking about her adventures and recovery with her husband but but fentanyl 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 and my god we're abused by that word uh, these days but then again it is the most abused drug out there and i don't mean abused by people seeking it and getting it illegally i mean it's abused by the dealers it's yeah. abused by um you know the, the the pushers it's abused by the suppliers it's abused by everybody people are smoking joints with fentanyl in them they don't mm-hmm. know guy takes an Adderall and dies at yeah. 15 yeah. thinking he's just going to get you know a buzz and, and be able to do his homework and dies of fentanyl I I've, I don't think I've ever seen a scourge like this and that includes the original opiate you know blow up it's it, it, it is certainly and, and I don't think a lot of the the public I, I, I spoke to Rotary downtown Rotary Club a, a few months ago and the their eyes everyone's eyes were, were, were widened because I, I don't think people realize one we're not talking about the fentanyl that um, you know that you might get in the hospital. The doctors prescribe. Yeah, this, yeah. this is all fentanyl that's being manufactured synthetically, typically in China. Oftentimes, it's shipped over to Mexico. Did you know that? Um, yes, it, it, I did. I, I thought it was Mexico. I thought it was all Mexico. It's it's typically made made in China uh, mm-hmm. and other countries as well. But but one of the the issues is it might be. Um, it, it might be cut. Certain drugs might be cut with it down in Mexico, but then when it comes to Chattanooga, it also might be cut. But but one thing I don't think people realize is that. Every bit of dope in this city, regardless if it's methamphetamine, heroin, um, regardless if it's a pill, you think you're taking a Xanax or an Adderall. Uh, we even had a, uh, one of our officers talk about a, a marijuana vape pen, a marijuana cartridge having fentanyl in it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and every bit of the dope in the city right it. now uh, has, has a level of fentanyl in it. And the other scary part is that no fentanyl is created equal. All this fentanyl is, is lab made. So whereas one particular batch, someone might be able to ingest just a certain amount, the other batch even touching that fentanyl could cause cause an overdose. So so very very dangerous. Very very um, you know obviously unregulated. Uh, folks don't know what they're taking. But 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 again, so it, it is in every 
thing in our city right now, and I see it every day in our you know sixty thousand criminal cases we see a year. I mean, it's the search warrants we sign. It, it it is it is pervasive in our community. So so really really important for those folks that are at Cadis and that are at all the the great facilities that we have here in town. Is used to be if when when you relapse as part of recovery, it, it you there you know particularly a, say a methamphetamine relapse or uh, there was never really the threat of 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 overdosing and dying. Now. Regardless of your drug of choice, there is the very, very, very real high, real threat of, of an overdose death uh, if you relapse. So very, very important. The, the work that we're doing, in my opinion, more important now when, than ever. When, since we brought you in as a, as, a, as, as a candidate, we'll have to wrap it up right Certainly. now. But I do. I would like to have you back in. And I, I, let, me, let me describe a typical party when I was in a senior in high school and during my, my, my years in college. It was a. It was basically the code. It was the the modus operandi. You know, you go to a party and you took whatever you had in your pockets and you put it on the table. Everybody put it on the table. And so, if somebody brought speed, somebody brought a quaalude, somebody brought some weed, people would just basically pick and choose and things like that. You had every reason to believe that it was what you 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 were told it was. And people had a taste for one thing or they had a taste for another. I blew, obviously grew up in a drug culture. Um, nowadays. You can't trust the pill that your buddy yep. gives you saying it's an oxycodone. It looks just like one. And it's yep. got the imprints on it mm-hmm. because they're smart enough to make the imprints. I mm-hmm. mean, the manufacturers that counterfeit these things and, and why they want to kill off their, their customer base, I don't understand. But there was nothing. I, we certainly knew about heroin, knew what it was. I, I did heroin. I never injected it. Uh, it's, it's a euphoric. It, it works. It does what it says it's going to do. But even heroin didn't have that just ghastly, you know, side effect that fentanyl has. It's just a crapshoot. If you if you accept a pill from somebody that didn't come from your doctor and from your dispensary, and you know it hasn't been anybody else's hands, you're putting the Russian roulette game into play. Exactly. Uh, I, I mean, and and again, the, the some of the rationale is is obviously. Uh, this synthetic fentanyl is very cheap, uh, mm-hmm. and so why someone might do this is that you know they can take just a minuscule amount of, of actual heroin, uh, but and replace it with with this fentanyl and and get a very powerful drug. So that that's one of the reasons. But the other thing is it's being cut, you know, quite a few different times. Uh, a lot of folks trying to make money. So that, that, that's down, why it's down, happening. But down. but again, it is it is killing off our our, um, our 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 community, our residents. And I'm particularly passionate. I mentioned it to you earlier, and we shared some stories. But you know, I, I lost who I call my like my brother, my biological cousin, actually 14 years ago uh, this month uh, to an Oxycontin overdose. And so very, very, um, you know, dear to, to my heart to, to how important if, if he would have had some of the resources like Drug Recovery Court that we might still have him here today. So I always remember that also every day I walk into court. Alex McVeigh, thank you so much for swinging by today and spending the time with us. We'll get you in and we'll get deeper into this topic somewhere down thank the road. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much, man. Nice to meet you. All right. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. An opinion and the other end that stuff comes out of every once in a while. And then most of them think. Brought to you by People's Home Equity. Get pre approved if you're in the housing market at People's Home Equity, 5919801, chatmortgage.com, two T's, Bruce Dodd and Trevor Glass. And don't forget, Bruce Dodd also has the website, theintentionallivingproject.com. And he does the podcast about intentional living. Intentional living is exactly what it sounds like. Learn how to be more intentional with your job, your time, your money, your your worries, your stress, your relationships, and everything else. Everybody's got one today. Um, I'm going to just jump back on the federal debt relief for just one second and say, where does where where does the federal government, the president, or any other governmental body in Washington D.C. get off 
on this idea that they can just forgive a loan. Just just wipe it clean just just by executive fiat, say the arrangement that you made with this institution and that's the college or university and this institution, the loaning entity, mm-hmm. the bank or savings and loan. Because they're already in bed together. Yeah, I mean, it is federally re- federally regulated. <laughs> re- regulated, but I mean, uh, where, where in the job description of the executive office does it say you can just take an entire population, a segment of the population, and say, I forgive this swath of debt for you when everybody that came before you and potentially comes after you doesn't it, get the it same. It doesn't, but where does it say you can give $33 billion to Ukraine? Actually, that would be in, in being, I guess, more than anything else. I mean, a uh, legitimate the, question. I don't the, know. The, 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 the chief of the armed forces. Uh, as a commander I mean, you can chief, print. Yeah. You can print money and do but executively order, do whatever you want. My, if, you, if you're federally involved with well, third I, parties. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, Ukraine's I'm a third party. The Sally May's a third party. I mean, I would love to have some of my debt erased. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, everybody would. I mean, and, and I can understand the bitterness of people. Not Laura Ingram and, and her insensitive, ham-handed comments, but I mean, oh, I, I don't get the bitterness of that. I, I, I think that's foolish. Well, if they, they just say I had to pay mine. Why did they get off? It's the same thing that you know, people who say, "Well, I work for a living." This guy's sitting on his ass. Yeah, I you was know? drafted, and you kids don't know what yeah, it's like. Yeah, to, yeah exactly. But a lot of these loans are predatory too. And yeah. oh, there's um, no doubt about that. And so, I, but it, it, if you put it in a simplistic social media world where the the tainted polls don't mean anything, pick one or the other, do or don't. I'm gonna say don't, but I. Yeah. It, but if you gave me 15 choices, I'd find like five of them I'd probably be okay with. But if it's just forgive, don't forgive, I'd say don't. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna you, say you're it's, drawing a breath. It's it's not that the loans disappear either. It's that the federal government is going to pay them yeah. off. So the loan institutions don't really care. In fact, it's good for them because it means that's that they're, they're going to be off. they're going to be more they, likely to get paid. That's yeah, why right. they give these things to eighteen-year-old kids with no credit, no credit, mm-hmm. uh, and no collateral because they know they're going to get paid no matter what. So here's the strategy in my my view, and I, I think I'm right, but I'm not 100 percent sure. This is about boosting the economy both now and a little bit down the line too. Because if you have kids who are just out of college or maybe five, six years out of college who have this massive debt, and you erase that debt via the federal government, you've boosted the economy because that's extra cash in their pocket in theory yes was going to go to pay student loans and because the economy is suffering so badly right now and it's only going to get worse unfortunately i believe this is a pretty good move on the side of the federal government and it buys votes and it buys votes exactly i i'm going to segment the opinion piece today into a couple of different pieces. one just a real quick non-rhetorical or semi-rhetorical question (laughs) is there a job on the planet anywhere or at least in this country that is based as much on schadenfreude, the German word for taking pleasure out of the misery or misfortune of others, mm-hmm. than a server of papers. <laughs> uh, because, Probably I mean, I mean literally, this is, they, they take such pride in being able to serve you your court papers, and they get incredibly inventive. I'm flashing back, of course, to, uh, what's her name, Olivia Wilde, mm-hmm. who was on stage at, at, at CinemaCon, talking about her new movie and this is an a-list star and a woman comes walking out of the wings and hands her an envelope and she's up there going well what's this and opens it up maintains her composure jen talked about this last week and but it was about custody battle her custody battle with jason sudeikis of ted lasso fame he is mortified by the whole thing. He said, I didn't have any control of that, which is true. Mm-hmm. This is what I mentioned earlier. There are many aspects of the judicial system. Once you put yourself in the hands of an attorney and go to court, guys, 
you don't have control of diddly nothing anymore. Mm -hmm. You are on a ride. You have been strapped in and you're going on the ride until it's over. And other people can do with your life and your business as they so fit. And serving papers is a part of it. That, that person, that woman who walked up there and did that, I guarantee you her business skyrockets after this. Probably. Skyrockets She's after the one this. who will hunt you down. Absolutely. It's like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she'll get her own show for serving papers. Please, Jeff. It's bail enforcement agent. Okay. Very <laughs> fast. Also, I'm just going to just do this. Uh, Ron Hart, uh, the, the, the humorous columnist who I've met several times, had him on my show several times, super, super hyper-conservative. He is he is funny. I've said before he's kind of full of himself, but many of us are. And but and I don't agree with him hardly anything politically. But he had a good one on the Elon Musk thing. Okay, he was basically cheering on Elon, saying mm-hmm. that the liberals are you know hand wringing and crying. And he he said this is the this is the one I like. Speaking of Schadenfreude, it is telling that Musk, while making electric cars and keeping his views to himself, was once the toast of the left. Before he was added as a free-thinking libertarian, Time Magazine made him its 2021 Person of the Year. Mm-hmm. This is the good part. Folks over 60 don't know him. They said, what is Elon Musk, a cologne? <laughs> Gen X folks said, what is Time's Person of the Year? <laughs> Millennials wondered, what is a magazine? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good. But as mentioned of the libertarian leanings, uh, I've got to, I got to share this with you. A just very quick excerpt from an interview between John Pavlovitz, who is a pastor and an author, and uh, he is talking to John Spaulding, who is in charge of a meditation workshop and also is a columnist, and both of them are intellectuals, free-thinking intellectuals, (laughs) and so Pavlovitz goes, in your words, how would you describe libertarians? I love this. John Spaulding says, house cats. They're convinced of their fierce independence while utterly dependent on a system they don't appreciate or understand. That describes me pretty well. That's pretty good. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just thought that I, I had to figure out a way to share that with you guys uh, because it, that's like, me. Li- li- yeah. Libertarians. <laughs> I consider myself very much a libertarian. Oh, I'm more things. libertarian every day. Yeah, yeah, and 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 many of us do. But just like the anarchists of the world who who preach and go out and protest, saying that there should be no government, who are living on a government teat <laughs> yeah. every single day yeah. and taking mass transit to get to the protest. It's, it's pretty hypocritical, and it's it's why I don't like loudly fly the flag because yeah. you also need you need worldwide or at least countrywide uh, participation yes. for it to work. Yes, mm-hmm. it doesn't work if everybody's not on board. Yeah, so I, it's why I don't have the flag. And the last one I know is I've never done this with this way before, which is very fast. The Free Press editorial on Friday, April 29th, uh, Tennessee's least conservative congressman, Chuck Fleischman. Really? Yeah, least conservative congressman. How do they figure that? According to it, it's according to the American Conservative Union Foundation. You can make a poll for anything. Center for <laughs> Legislative Accountability, and they do this every single year. And Chuck tied with David Kustoff of Memphis, the congressman there. And most of our other representatives from our area uh, scored 90% or above in their basic ratings on how they voted in, in Congress. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chuck Fleischman, Chuckles McFleischman, scored 79% last year and this year as well. But he's like Trump's guy. Worthy of note, though, this, this, is, what, this is what got him. He voted for the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. He voted for the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act. 
He voted for the National Science Foundation for the Future Act. He voted for the Department of Energy Science for the Future Act. He voted for the National Centers of Excellence in Manufacturing Act. And when asked about these, he said, man, I've got Oak Ridge and Y-12 in my district. That's a fair I've got point. to support technology. Yeah. And that's what the, the technology people were who were bringing this up. But I was just going to say, who told them to vote for those things? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he just answered that question. But you know he's chafing under that. That's all I've got. The dull moment of the day, Guardian Investment Advisors, real professionals. Gary Thurman, Tide McIntosh, they do their own podcast. Listen to it and learn. But if you want to invest money, they will do it for you and do it with great care. And they will always be ready to talk to you. 710-9199. 710-9199. Guardian Investment Advisors. Um, mentioned the Chauvin appeal. Yep. Right Now, he, he wants them to do it, obviously. He doesn't want to spend the rest of his life in jail. Who would? But, I mean, but let, let's, let's be honest. The entire world saw him murder George Floyd. Well, it was on video, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the entire world. That this, there. I mean, the thing is, they we now know going in that this appeal is going to be based on and looking for the most minor technicality mm-hmm. that could get him off. Off when we all know he's guilty. He's guilty, and th- this is what happens when you do. The, the world was a witness to this murder. Mm-hmm. The entire world, and if you don't think it was murder. Fine, you go ahead and live in your delusional world as long as you want to. I want to back the blue, too. I always want to back the blue when they're right. When they're right. Back the blue, the movement, though, as embodied, I'll I'll say it, as embodied right now in this area by a district attorney general candidate, Cody Womp, seems to be the cops are always right no matter what. Mm Mm-hmm. We have got to hold them accountable. You can't just say, I'm a good American patriot. I'm a good conservative Republican. I always back the police officer. There are lousy, corrupt, inept police officers in every district and every town, and they have got to be rooted out. They wear a uniform and carry a badge and a weapon, and they are allowed to take your life in given circumstances. Take your life. Take your child's life. You better make sure they're the best person possible for the job. You better hope. And you can't do that if you're always going to say they're right no matter what. America, love it or leave it, right or wrong. Crap, that's bullshit. Let go of that idea. You you think you believe that until you are the one being hassled or beaten up or tased on the mm-hmm. side of the road. Sheriff Hammond, God bless him. We've always been friends. But you cannot just jump on somebody and just, just, just throw them under the bus because they are questioning people within your department, not you. He said he looked at it as a personal slap in the face. Mm-hmm. It's not a personal slap in the face. It's your deputies. And there's more than ample evidence that many of your deputies apparently were feeling their 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 strength and their power and thought that they were above the law. And you should be more concerned about that than anybody. And and, and, and check this out. Mm-hmm. This is the quote and when because he he actually called a press conference to directly address Neil Pinkston, who turned over the Silverdale investigation and the tasing investigation of the black driver who basically just didn't want to get out of the car because he was scared mm-hmm. and got tased repeatedly. And that's all being turned over to the Department of Justice. That's you know, Pinkston says the sheriff department can't investigate itself on this. 
That's just standard fare. But Sheriff Hammond calls a press conference, and I want this is a, here is exact words, and I want you to hear this. This is something I've said since I started doing this job. The police officer or the deputy arresting you, it is his number one duty to go home alive. Mm-hmm. And if you think they're out there to sacrifice themselves for you, you are incorrect. They often do. Hero cops, good cops put themselves between harm and you every day. But here it is for the record. As sheriff of this county, the Jim, Jim Hammond's own words, my job is to protect the lives of my officers first, the citizens of this community second, and the inmates third. Does that surprise anybody to hear that come out of his Jim mouth? Hammond said this? Yes. That's, My officers yeah. You, you first, give him too much credit. The guy's a total asshole. The like, commu- there's nothing good to like about Jim Hammond. The community second, and then the inmates. I'm not sure the inmates would even rank third in my list, Maybe. but I'm just saying. And he, he made several points. He said, you know, the, the Gerb, uh, Gerbets, I keep doing that. I, I, I'm why he's still stuck in my mind You're after so many back. years. Pinkston has been in his office a handful of times, has never been to Silverdale once. Okay, but do you need to be to to see that there's stabbings and overdoses? I've also never been to Silverdale once. Thankfully, I've never been to Silverdale. And you're allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. And and you you sure are. And and he said, yeah, "Yeah, he's had serious staffing issues. He inherited a big mess out there when Core Civic pulled out. Sure. Core Civic should have been running it to begin with. Yeah. You know, CCA should never have been running it to begin with. Mm -hmm. You know, you put, you you know, a private for-profit entity in charge of a jail what are they going to do put more people in jail make more money right? <laughs> right that's what they're there for but i just want to just let's let's lay that to rest right now that's the way the sheriff sees it and that's the way they basically are trained they have every right to be able to go home to their wife and their kids and their family safe and they have to take care of themselves there's no doubt about it but if you think that they're all out there ready to throw themselves in front of that russian tank to protect you 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 are incorrect. You are incorrect. And I'm not saying that it should even be reversed, but just recognize the fact and the back the blue, no matter what, is just it, that's ignoramus. It's fool it's absolutely foolish. It is. It's, it is. Yeah, I agree. And I'm done with that. Thank you so much. At Quality Tire Pros, we look forward to keeping you go. on the road in twenty twenty two. If your ride is running as rough as the past two years have been, stop in today. Let us check it out. For a quality ride and one you can count on, we carry great tire brands like Michelin. No matter what you drive or where you've driven, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Quality Tire Pros on Cherokee Boulevard. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'll be very fast here. This normally Jen it takes this one over, but um, <gasps> we talked about this. Pruitt's on Signal Mountain has a music program. They they Apparently. They, they, they do concerts up there all the time. And our friend Dax Turner from Chattanooga Safety Products uh, lives up on the mountain. And uh, it's a Tropic Soul, a Tropic Soul, a band that I have seen several times. We've had a Riverbend Riverfront Nights. It's going to be live at Pruitt's Market next Saturday, this coming Saturday, May 7th from 12 to 3. They have shows up there all the time. And uh, that's the only one that I had from our outliers, the people that kind of supply us with stuff in the uh, surrounding area. The one thing I was going to mention on What Are You Doing was Elvis the Movie, Boz Lerman. Never heard of him. Oh, he's the guy that did Moulin Rouge. He's a director with a oh. great a great flair for sound and vision and okay. color and spectacle. Uh, is doing the movie Elvis. It stars a hmm. guy named Austin Butler, okay. who is... 
he was he was a kid star at Nickelodeon okay. and the Disney Channel. Austin Butler. Well, and a relative unknown in a big role is usually a pretty good idea when it comes to these biopics. Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker. Okay. And it, it, this is this is interesting. I'm looking forward to this coming out. It doesn't come out to mid June, but he said this is not a biopic. Oh. It's a movie about America in the 50s, 60s, and 70s viewed through the prism of Presley's astronomical rise and fall. That sounds really it interesting. It sounds like it will really be an entertaining and probably just absolute mind screw yeah. of a movie. So I'm looking forward to it. That's all I got for What Are You Doing? Pimp's gone. Thank you to Chattanooga Safety Products and Highway 58. We got some new shoes awaiting us out there. Earth-friendly yeah. shoes. Don't forget they got the ogre gloves. And if there's still any CFC tickets available, just tell them when you walk in there at next to the Hungry House on Highway 58 that you listen to the Chattanooga Drive-In Show and you get yourself a pair of tickets to a CFC game. Russell the Love Muscle gets to flex. I wrote like eight paragraphs yesterday and um, didn't get to use any of it, but that's all right because uh, it was a good discussion that you had in, in lieu of talking about war good, yeah. and all that nonsense. So here we go. Uh, the United States has been providing logistics and intelligence support to the Ukrainians since actually before the invasion really began. While Zelensky has been constantly and continuously asking for more and more support and weaponry, the United States has been equipping them to be better outfitted than, frankly, most militaries in the world at this point. The only thing we aren't doing is directly bombing targets and putting our own boots on the ground, which is something that President Biden promised from the outset way, way back when this started, like two months ago. He promised we would not do that. And that uh, sort of gained him a lot of brownie points from both sides because we want to help out the Ukrainians, but we also don't want our kids to go off and die for them. The real-time intel the U.S. has been providing Ukraine has been proven to be extremely valuable in assisting in identifying targets and tracking their movements in real-time or near-real-time. Instead of having to constantly run surveillance flights, risking valuable drone hardware or the lives of human pilots, the Ukrainians take advantage of the near-real-time satellite imagery and side-scanning radar from American AWACS platforms. If you look at uh, flight radar data, you can see the Americans are running surveillance flights along the Poland and Ukraine border, like, constantly, constantly, constantly. The intel was just used to take down a Russian troop transport plane with hundreds of personnel on board. The specific details about what armaments and what intel were used to down the plane have not been shared. For the Russians, this may be an acceptable loss as every nation prepares for and accepts a certain amount of death whenever they enter a war. But what's going to win this war is not killing a certain amount of people. It's not a video game. It's not how most wars work. What's going to win the war is making it too costly for it to continue. Ultimately, that's how the Americans won the American Revolution. I mean, the British, if they really committed, probably well, could they would have, have whipped our ass. They really could have, but it would be too expensive and it was unpopular. So that's the position you want to put the, the Russians in. Make it too unpopular and make it too expensive. The war also represents an extremely valuable opportunity for NATO. Now, this is a very cold way of looking at it, but that's how war works. Just like the Russian war in Afghanistan did in the 1970s, it allows U.S. and NATO intelligence to see Russian tactics and weapons in a real-world scenario, not just war games. We've been wargaming these scenarios for literally generations, like when your dad, he was in the Air Force, correct? No, he was in the Army. He was a Ranger, though. When your dad was in the was in the army, they were wargaming these scenarios. Yes, you know, and so here we are now. Fast forward to the twenty first century, we are seeing the scenario that they've been wargaming all this time. He was called back up after his service. He was still in reserve, and he was called back up when they put up the Berlin Wall. Yeah, so 
Yeah. So, I mean, that just shows yeah. how long this yes. exact thing has been going on. So while Ukraine has nearly unlimited access to the full power of NATO intelligence, Russia continually <laughs> claims they'll totally unveil powerful new weapons for real this time, guys. If you think the CIA hasn't indexed and inventoried every single piece of armament the Russians have access to, you're kidding yourself. They've been doing this for too long for that not to be the case. Meanwhile, the president just asked Congress to approve $33 billion in funding for the Ukraine war effort. The military and political leadership in this country get a lot of flack for quote-unquote not doing more, but in my opinion, they're basically playing the game extremely intelligently. They skirt the line of plausible deniability, never go far enough for the Russians to reasonably justify retaliation, and they concentrate the conflict to one small area of the world, Ukraine, and use the opportunity to cut the Russian military down to size while wiping out a significant portion of its experienced warfighters and leadership. If the cost is only a few thousand lives, it's worth it. This is not Zelensky's game. He's not in control. This is NATO's game, and Zelensky is going to play it by NATO rules. This is the opportunity NATO's been waiting for for a very, very, very long time, and they're going to exploit it to the best of their ability. All right, watch this. I'm going to take the Regional Roundup and Shotgun Shoutouts sponsorship and give you two little quick things, and I'm going to tell a little story, but it's really just an observation about the power of advertising and marketing. Okay. Um, since we were talking about the Herschel Walker spot earlier, and we were talking about you know commercials and political and you know political scenarios and stuff like this, uh, Tennessee American Water Company since 1887 bringing you uh, potable, drinkable, very fine tasting water. I think we literally win national competitions on our, yep. the the taste of our water in this area. We're very lucky, and we love Tennessee American Water Company. Just the two little things I was going to say. We talked about the bureaucrats, you know, taking over essentially what kind of books are going to be in your libraries. It's worthy of note and mention that the sponsor of that bill, Jerry Sexton from Bean Station, Tennessee, <laughs> uh, literally said that he would burn the books. We have, <laughs> we have people in charge of this process who are book burners. Okay. Uh, it, 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 and this, there was a Democrat his name, named Ray Clemens out of Nashville so what are you going to do with the books you deem to be inappropriate? You're going to put them on the street? You're going to light them on fire? Where are they going? He goes, I don't have a clue, but I would burn them. <laughs> this is terrifying. I, okay. I, I think it is. And and also, China has displaced Vocker, not just at the top spot as polysilicon maker in the world, top one, two, and three spots. Wow. You've got Tongwei, you've got uh, GCI, and you've got another company that I can't come up with in my head right now that has sent Vocker to fourth place because we all know they had a few problems up there not too terribly long ago that I'm sure set them back. Yeah. Um, the mountains look at each other, storytelling segment. Just, just, just here's all I got to say. The story the other day that we mentioned about the guy that uh, they were looking for and did find after the shooting on Dalton Pike mm -hmm. in Cleveland. Yep. He was at a convenience store that was a Texaco store. Yep. How often do you see a Texaco store anymore? Not very often. Not very often. They used to dot the South in particular, but the United States. Do y'all recall the jingle for Texaco? No, not at all. You, in your lifetime, have never heard it or seen it on TV. Brian, you may have had it. I as remember a young Texaco man. stations everywhere, but I don't remember. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star. 
the bright red Texaco star. I don't remember that. I, 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 we, we did kind of a thing like this back when we were at the station. I asked Jason, all right, finish, finish this jingle. Yeah, yeah. Winston tastes good like a... Cigarette should. And wh- how would you know that? Because it was in a Flintstones ad I saw on YouTube one time. I, I'm, I'm, but I'm saying it's the power of a jingle is such that it literally will be remembered, if it's a good one, by people for the rest of their lives and will be passed down by people humming it and and, 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 and cartoon mm-hmm. references, pop culture references. Yeah. They never go away, all right? The local the, the standout spot that has just recently quit singing their jingle about two, three years ago, they now just go solely with the music, and they have a very clever spot running where you can get rid of pests in your house, and they got the guy that's the pest. Oh, Cook's Pest he, Control, he, yeah. yeah, yeah. Say, looky, looky, looky. Yeah, all right, sing, sing, sing it. Looky, 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 looky. Here comes Cookie. Here comes Cookie. Yeah. That's been around since I was a child. They, yeah. haven't, they haven't sung that in several years now, but they just play the jingle, and the jingle is so powerful. That's the payoff line in the spot. The pest who says, that guy dies at the end when they're watching the movie, yeah. he goes, I hate that song. Not the jingle, but everybody still remembers the lyrics. Uh, the best example, and I guess I'm saying this is just, I think this is interesting as a psychological thing, and I always looked at marketing as very much a, a, a part of the psychological uh, art or science, you know, in college, mm-hmm. I took a lot of 500, you know, level courses in psychology as a marketing, you know, minor. But meow mix. Oh gosh, meow 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 meow. Do you remember the lyrics? Meow meow meow. Do you remember the lyrics? Just meow the whole time. I no, as in your lifetime, it has been. Yeah, but it used to be. I want chicken. I want oh, that's liver. Right. Yeah. I want tuna. Please deliver. That's right. That's wow. right. But yes, see, that. And, and, and that it used to be sung, and now it's just meow, meow, meow. But people his age, my age, in your head, you're still singing the lyrics. I forgot about that part, but yeah, they yeah. it turned into the 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 brand that the cats yeah. asked for by asked name. Asked for by name. Yeah. Yeah. Asked for by name. <laughs> so I mean, a brilliant ad is really an incredible thing. Oh, nowadays the uh, how it feels to chew five gum has become so popular. It's a meme in and of itself. Is it really? Oh yeah. Well, this uh, this even goes further to when we were talking TV shows. The fact that you haven't watched Mad Men is a kind of a a crime on your part. It, that's it, like the it, whole show. Other than the atrocities of the way a white uh, middle-aged men acted in the mid mid fifties. Yeah, slapping ass in the hallway and everything. Yeah, outside of that part of the show, it's it's one brilliant ad campaign after another. Anyway, it's really really. That's good. all I got for mountains looking at each other. I didn't know where we were going here. So. Top of the pops. That's perfect. That's exactly what it is. Um, I got just a, a little bit of a personal uh, dog in this fight. Uh, Ida, Hurricane Ida. Yep. You remember, you know, last year killed dozens of people it was a category four hurricane it came on in louisiana and did 75 billion dollars of the damage so ida has been retired you know they retire names and amani will be used instead amani is my grandson's name i was gonna say that's a grandson's it's a name. swahili name and it, it actually means peace in that language but amani will be used in, instead i know i know um but every six years uh, they repeat the list of names. And this is just for those of you who don't know, I just figured I'd share this with you. There is a committee that reuses storm names every six years. They have the list for the Atlantic and the, the Eastern Pacific basins. And yes, they do change as to where they're going to, you know, make landfall. Uh, the same group does it for the world. Hmm. But, you know, if it makes landfall in Spain, it's going to have a Spanish name, blah, okay. blah, blah. Um, the removal 
it's there to avoid confusion because if you have, you know, storms with the same name, you know, you don't know what you're talking about when somebody referred. But Katrina was, of course, retired. And all 94 hurricane names have been retired. Ida is the most recent one being replaced by Amani. And 53, we began using female names. And 79, I didn't think it was that long ago, we started using male names and we (laughs) alternate between male and female. This is something I didn't know. I guess I just never paid attention. There are no hurricanes ever will be that begin with Q, U, X, Y, or Z. Okay. Now, there are names that begin with those letters, Yeah. but they just don't use them for some reason. Then we go to Alpha, Beta, and stuff like that. Yeah. Hurricane so, Quixote. See ya, Ida. Don't want to be Ida. Um, Two quick ones. A pet duck. Literally, a pet duck that was owned by a woman for years and years. She went missing in 2020. Her granddaughter and her granddaughter's boyfriend were suspects in her disappearance. Uh, They actually brought him up on charges of concealing a death. Mm. They were not found guilty of that. They are now facing first degree murder charges because a cop happened to be in the area and saw the duck running across the road, thought it was probably somebody's pet duck, mm-hmm. and chased it, and it went, this is in Buncombe County, and chased it under a trailer where he found a container that had grandma in it. Ooh. So they are now facing first-degree murder charges. The duck knew where she was and went to her. Remember, we were having that conversation the other day about mm-hmm. burying a pet yeah. and the other pet knowing I, 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 you know, Shannon Fuller's ashes are in Dixie's house, and her dog still goes up and stares at the vase oh, that's every day. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that yeah. they, they just know. And the other one is just purely just, just, just for fun. A farmer, a farmer on the Gaza Strip. That's not a good place to be. Unearthed a 4,500-year-old statue of the ancient Canaanite goddess I want to say her name was Atta. Hmm. The Mu- Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities says seven inches tall, limestone. He was lit- a gnat, a gnat. Oh, a gnat, okay. A gnat, and was dated to about 2500 B.C. He said he dug it up, recognized it as something, poured hot water over it, and it cleaned up, and that's exactly what it looks like. Wow, And that's it is amazing. priceless. Yeah. The goddess a gnat from, from the land of Canaan, uh, pre-Judaism, pre-Christianity with a serpent headdress and the farmer is now probably an ex-farmer he he was he he was compensated by the museum in uh in that part of the world that's going to be taking care of it and uh there were some British tourists uh last week who brought home or tried to bring home an unexploded ordinance they found a artillery shell in the Gaza Strip and they were going to take it home as a souvenir, and the whole airport had to be evacuated. You know, when you and I were walking and hiking the other day, we were talking about finding, you know, uh, signs of prehistoric civilizations and the big rock overhangs. And yeah. You know what? I, I'll never give up hope that I'll find something <laughs> like that. And Confederate bullion. Confederate <laughs> bullion. There's got to be some still stashed out there. Appreciate you guys listening. Chattanooga Drive-In Show. Keep on listening. Spread the word. <laughs>